Welcome to Stop Telling and Start Listening with David Cook. If you're frustrated with the way we are speaking or not speaking to each other, if you find yourself easily at odds in your conversations with people, this may be just the show for you. Listen in as David and his guests will help you elevate your communication skills and navigate the tensions present in many conversations today. Now, here is David Cook. Hey, all right. Happy Monday, everybody. Let's get started. Welcome to Stop Telling and Start Listening. I'm your host, David Cook. You know, every week we get the opportunity to uh, spend some time talking about lessons and experiences regarding the power of listening, the impact great listening behaviors had on building trust, improving relationships, and solving complex problems. Today, we're going to spend a little time about solving the complex problems of how we live our life, which is uh, gets us bogged down a lot. Um, I'm going to introduce my guest later on, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is a high energy person, Brianna Johnson, and I'll be formally introducing her in a few minutes, but I'd like to take a moment here to set the tone for today's listening conversation, today's listening topic, which is listening, leadership, and the pivot. Um, you know, pivot is a, one of my favorite words. I, probably it's the reason that I was attracted to Brianna in the first place was I saw her business model for, um, she created an acronym and a model for uh, out of the word pivot. And it really caught my attention because she summarized a, a nice process for thinking through a pivot. But I love pivot. It's about staying grounded. You know, pivot is about staying grounded in the current situation by passionately and confidently exploring where can I go from here. And, um, you know, I think the best analogy for those, and a lot of people don't like sports analogies. If you don't, I apologize. I probably lost you already, but I'm going to switch to the whole idea of, of playing basketball. And when you're playing basketball and you have this opportunity, you dribble down the court and you pick up the ball, it's all of a sudden now you have, you have nowhere to go. What you do is you have a plant foot and you have a foot that you can move. You're basically pivoting. And what the, what the person who's picked up the ball has done is they've stopped their momentum but they got to figure out now, what am I going to do with the ball? Because I can't start dribbling. I can't pass it to myself. So what do I do? So they start to move around and see, do I have a shot? Is there somebody open? Where can I go with the ball? What can I do with the ball? And I think that's really kind of what happens to us in life sometimes is that we're, we're maneuvering down the street, we're doing our thing. And somewhere along the way, we, you know, we get to a point where we stop or we get stuck. And it's like, oh my gosh, now what do I do? Where do I go? And, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the fact that we're stuck and focus on, you know, being stuck as opposed to start to pivot around and look at our life and look at our opportunities and look at our options. So this is a great opportunity to, to basically look at that metaphor of, uh, of a basketball game is like, okay, we're stopped, but we still have the ball. We're still in control. What we need to do now is examine our options and find out what's next. And I was thinking about pivot, um, and I just thought about um, a pivot that I had in my life that was a game changer. In fact, it's actually the reason we're doing this radio show is, you know, I was about 12 years ago, I was dealing with a situation in my family with my younger, my third child, my youngest child, um, my second son, he was dealing with a heroin addiction. And we were about two, three years into this issue with this heroin addiction. And no matter what we did, no matter what we tried, no matter how we loved him, you know, scolded him, encouraged him, punishment, whatever words you want to use, you know, he just kept using. And it was very frustrating. It was very painful. It was very hurtful. It was very disruptive. 
And I just remember one night I woke up in the middle of the night and, you know, fell asleep sound, fell asleep hard, but I woke up and I got up in the middle of the night and I, you know, realized, yeah, life isn't as peaceful as I thought. Got my sleep interrupted from all my stress, realizing that my son was gone. He's living out on the streets and life was just screwed up. So I'd go sit out on the porch a lot of times when that happened. And I sat out on the porch that one night and I'd always say a prayer. I'd say a prayer for my son to bring him home safe. And then I'd say a prayer um, on behalf of myself saying, please help me get through this. And that one night when I was sitting there, um, moon was glowing. I was sitting on the porch and it was kind of like, you know, Dave, how many times are you going to do this before you do something about it? Because what I was being is I was essentially as a dad being held captive to my son's addiction. And so I challenged myself to say, you know, what could you do? What do you need to do? And I went through a series of thoughts and iterations and all that other stuff. And I realized, first of all, I needed to take control of my life. Second, I needed to have a better understanding of what my son was going through. And third, I needed to do something that was good for me to try to get me back on track. And so through a process of eliminations and ideas and challenges, I came to the conclusion I was going to ride my bike for an hour a day for 100 days in a row. And I was going to use those meditative experiences to help me get in mental, better mental and physical health. And sure enough, you know, that's what I did. I rode my bike every day. I rode my bike. I journaled. I made notes. I shared a blog. I did all sorts of stuff. And it completely changed my outlook and my perspective as it related to my son's addiction. It didn't change his situation, but it changed our relationship. It changed my relationship with me. It changed my life and the way I was communicating the things that I was living. I found hope and opportunity despite the chaos in my life. And, um, you know, there's a longer story to, you know, that I'm not going to fill in here. But the, like I said at the beginning of this story, it's how I ended up here. Because after a while, I started to learn to listen to myself and to my heart. I learned to listen to my son and to others. And that whole pivot from going, uh, being stuck on a porch, trying to figure out how to survive my son's heroin addiction to a place where despite my son's heroin addiction, I could thrive and live my life. And, um, you know, I did it without a coach. I was lucky. Maybe the coach in me showed up, who knows, but um, we're blessed today to have um, uh, an, an expert on pivot, somebody who's done the same thing in her life that I did in mine. Um, and her name is Bree Johnson. Um, you know, Bree was one of those people, and we've had a couple of these kind of people already on the show, but um, she spent the last 10 years of her life, of her professional career in, um, as a, a corporate human resource person, showing up every day, doing her thing, you know, smile on her face, a critical thinker, can-do attitude, you know, committed to making a positive impact in the workplace. And that's what people saw and that's what people experienced. What people didn't know was that Bree was carrying a lot of um, mental health issues around. There was things that she was doing behind the mask. And so what most people saw is somebody who was like thriving and doing great and this really cool energy, what they experienced really, what she was experiencing is that she was burnt out. She was lost. In fact, she felt like she was barely surviving. And then she had the gift of, uh, of, a, of a child. Her daughter was born. And as, as having children come into your life, the game changes. And Bree was in the same situation. She was smacked in the face with the real reality that her the life she was living was not the life she wanted to live. It was not sustainable. So she's made a commitment to change. So today we talked to Bree. She's a stay-at-home mompreneur. She's founded a company called Build to Become. 
she's created this really cool pivot framework to empower, inspire, unfulfilled, burnt out professionals like we were to help facilitate change within themselves and impact their own life and those around them. And it was her pivot program, which, you know, like I said earlier, brought me to her. So Bree, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate it. How did I do on your intro? We good? You did great. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay. So in in your bio, you know, one of yeah. the things that just jumped out, I thought we might maybe start at the beginning because that's always a good place to start. Uh-huh. Um, you talk about life smacking you in the face when your daughter was born. Um, how did that happen? How did you realize that? Yeah. I mean, I, um, it was truly a, a life-changing moment. I was like, you're using your analogy. I was standing there with the ball in my hand, essentially with a baby in my arms thinking, what the heck am I going to do next? I was running the rat race. I was running that corporate rat race. I was so burnt out. I am seemingly like you had in my intro, you said in my intro, I seemingly my life was perfect. I had scaled that corporate ladder. I was, you know, showing up to work every single day with a positive attitude, a smile on my face, willing to, can do, will do whatever. I was a people pleaser. I was a yes to all, not to me. And you know, I realized in that moment that the life I was living was not sustainable for the life that I wanted to build. And if you're playing a game of Jenga, you're building that tower. I've helped built that tower. I was standing on top of that tower. But as soon as my daughter was born, those bricks started to be pulled out. And I knew that if that, that whole entire tower was going to collapse, unless I started to focus and listen to myself and what I needed to do in order to be the best possible person for me and for her. I had in that moment, I had regretted so much time missed with my husband before we had children. And I literally was holding a brand new newborn baby, seeing him hold her and think, oh my gosh, like I, I didn't enjoy a single second of my pregnancy. I had been in, I had spent years going through infertility to even have, to get to have her. And I didn't embrace that. I had kept held that captive. Like I kept that all to myself. I never spoke about it. Rarely anybody other than my close friends knew about it. My employer certainly didn't really know about it. Um, other than those that I was really close with that potentially were going through similar journeys as I was. Um, and I just knew in that moment that I, I, I was not going to be able to move forward um, and have it be sustainable because I was already at the brink of burnout, mm-hmm. right? Literally, I worked up until the minute I was on a conference call. I went to my doctors. They were like, you're going to the hospital. And then that was it. And I got a I literally got a text message from my boss because I'd never even texted her. And I said, "Oh, she goes, how was your call? how was your uh, appointment?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm actually going to the hospital." <laughs> Oops, <laughs> like it was just yeah. mind blowing. So, and I crazy. had to make that pivot. <laughs> yeah. So, really, what happened? You know, if I hear you correctly, you were you, you drove um, pedal to the metal right up to the day that you delivered. Yeah, you were you were in old Brie mode, 
and yeah. doing all that stuff. And it was after you had your, your daughter and you're sitting there in the quiet, the stillness of this new family, the new dynamic. Mm-hmm. And just the light went on go, you know what? I can't go back. To, I can't go back. I have to do something else. I have to do something else. And, and in that moment, you know, I had thought that I was going to be able to do it all. And I thought that, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm supposed to be present in this very moment. And then I'm going to take my four months from maternity leave. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be available because, you know, even leading up to my maternity leave was not the most amazing experience. I was working and trying to train and transition a lot. I had a lot of responsibility and, um, you know, coming off of the pandemic year, but 2021 still consider, you know, probably in the midst of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, it was like the second wave. Um, I, you know, I felt very alone, but I knew I wasn't alone. So I knew I had to make a change for myself And in that moment, I also knew that I needed to take my experience to empower others Mm -hmm. to to pivot and to find and do whatever it it is to to make them live a fulfilling life. Mm -hmm. But you had to do it. You had to do it first. I had to do it first. Absolutely. Yes. So what um, what were your when the light bulb went on and you said, I can't do this anymore? What'd you go through to, to give yourself permission to get there and, you know, let go and that kind of stuff? What was, what was the secret that you gave to yourself in that? You know, I think I've always been intrinsically motivated. I've always been somebody that has um, done a good job at holding myself accountable. Um, but I really started to dive into my own personal development. Um, I was never somebody that really read Um you know, to be honest, I, you know, I was always a visual learner. I was somebody who always, you know, would rather have learned via, you know, conversations like this or like true life experience. And I started to read personal development books for myself um, and started to learn that I needed to show up for myself every single day and create a regimented daily routine of sustainable, effective habits that would allow me to gain the confidence that I knew I had within me, but to be able to say, you know what, like you, you can do this. You can take this leap of faith. You are going to fail. You are going to fall on your face, but there are wings that are waiting for you. You just have to go after those wings and eventually you will fly. Mm -hmm. And I still think that even to this day, a year or so into me not, you know, being shackled to my corporate job, I still at times, whether I don't have wings that day, I know that I don't have chains on my arms. Like I Mm -hmm. am free as a bird. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just take it one day and one step at a time. And we talk about permission. I always felt, I was always a person that felt like I had to prove something. I felt like I always had to prove something to everybody else. that I was the best of the best. If you wanted something done, you were going to come to Brie. If you wanted it top notch, you were going to come to Brie. And I was a perfectionist. So, you know, I 
I would spend hours swirling and creating things for other people. And I'm like, I'm really freaking good at Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. I'm really good at it. And all that, all of everything that I was creating for everybody else, I'm like, I can do this for myself. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I've proven it to myself that I am, I want to show up every day. I want to be as authentic as possible. And I just become building to become the best person that I possibly can be. And Mm -hmm. it started with, you know, creating a habit tracker really, um, and just sticking to it. And yeah. So you gave your, you gave yourself a couple of chores to develop kind of like in the gene, kind of like in the James clear, you know, atomic habits methodology, gave yourself a couple of easy chit tasks and got good at them. Is that pretty much how you did it? Yeah. And I wouldn't even say there, I don't think any habits or tasks are easy if you don't have the right mindset in entering them. You know, someone telling you that you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. If you don't create a positive mindset around, I always say, instead of saying you have to do something, you want to do it Mm -hmm. because ultimately you want to change. So you want to do that. Um, So I would say, I want to work out 30 minutes a day. Did I want to? I wanted to change. So yes, I wanted to ultimately. You you recognize the that this is the gift of this, is the opportunity. So it's not a chore. It's, it's the gift of opportunity and you're going to embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty much what happened with my bike ride too. Is like, you know, I was like, I'm going to ride my bike for an hour a day. The only thing I did that I would, if would have done differently is I would have taken the hour out, but the high performer in me had to quantify the, the measurable tangible. So I had yes. to make it an hour, but you know, enlightened now in a different mindset. It's like, just say, I'm going to ride my bike every day and not put the constraint or the pressure of the hour. But other than that, it was the same thing. It's like, just go ride your bike, dude. And then what? See what happens from there. That doesn't have to lead to anything. Just trust that the action will take you where you need to be. And what, yeah. And what you probably also like really quickly became to know is it's not, it's not actually about the habit. It's the person that you are becoming while doing the habit. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. When, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to, we're going to build on this, but I think that uh, one thing that everybody will pick up on this, but pay attention closely to what Bree said is um, recognize the opportunity to change. And in the change, it wasn't a chore. It wasn't a task. It was an opportunity. It was a gift in response to a, to an internal challenge. Dude, you got to change something. What do you want to change and how do you, how are you going to change it? And then just step into that space. That's pretty much what I heard. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, we'll be back um, in a minute. Enjoy. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We are living in a time where a relentless commitment to opinions and beliefs are dividing communities and fracturing crucial relationships. Making ourselves right and those who disagree with us wrong leaves little room for engaging in a constructive learning dialogue. 
there is little opportunity to change minds, find common ground, or solve complex problems. Those who are not being heard or understood become angry, hurt, lost, isolated, alone, and more. While mental health-related issues are on the rise, too few know how to safely share their struggles, and far too many don't know how to care about those that do. While it is increasingly frustrating to experience an increase in this communication divide, there is hope, and according to David Cook, there is an answer. The answer lies in how we adjust our communication style and shift our listening behaviors. In his radio show, Stop Telling and Start Listening, host David Cook introduces his audiences to the power found in creating a safe place for sharing life perspectives and experiences without judgment, criticism, correction, or shame. There are tremendous opportunities in learning to see the world from the eyes of another. Join David on Mondays at 11 Pacific. Discover how shifting your listening behaviors will close the divide that exists between you and others in your community. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Stop Telling and Start Listening. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or you can email Dave at dave at thecookgroupllc.com. Now, back to the show with David. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm David Cook. I'm here with uh, Brianna Johnson. And um, we were talking about how life experiences uh, gave us a wake-up call and we pivoted, which is an easy, easy phrase if, um, if you understand it. It's a complicated phrase if you don't. <laughs> so I, I thought maybe what we could do is um, move forward and talk about uh, this really cool acronym and tool that you developed out of the word pivot. So once you again at the beginning, tell me how you started crafting the P-I-V-O-T uh, that you've now cleverly trademarked. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I just a little bit ago, we were talking about, you know, the personal development space and how it's really important to kind of, you know, listen to yourself and and take that leap and, and do, you know, and pivot um, and not quit, not give up. Um, because I truly believe that the most sex- successful people in life, they don't give up, they don't quit, they pivot. Um, they don't adapt to their circumstances, they pivot. They take action toward what they want to ultimately how they want to live and what they want to do and achieve. So I really started creating the pivot model um, just by kind of living my own life through each of these phases of of pivot. And pivot is an acronym. Um, and I have always been a problem solver. Um, I've always been somebody that has really focused um, I've had a lot of change in my life. I've moved numerous times. I have, you know, I've always, I've taken the life by the bull by the horns. And if anything gets thrown my way, I'm like, okay, let's just take it, pivot and run with it. And um, so I started coming up with this acronym um, by looking at who, what, when, where, why, and how, and, and want. So really, So pivot starts with the word purpose 
and passion, and it's about prioritizing your purpose. It's your why. Why are you here? Why have you started? Why do you need change? Why do you want change? What is happening right now that is fueling your belly to say that the circumstances that you are in or the life that you are living right now is not sustainable for where you want to go? And your why. And then I stands for identity and and individuals. It's the who. It's who are you? Who are you as an individual person? And one of the things I think the craziest, one of the craziest things that I've experienced as a new mom um, is we come to a point where, especially for me, as I left my corporate world, my identity was my job and I no longer was attached to that. So who the heck am I? I don't know. You know, my life changed, my friends changed, my support system changed. So that's what we talk about in the who section of pivot in the in the I, um, because it's the identity, your identity and the individuals that support you too. Mm-hmm. V is the pivotal seg- seg- segment of pivot. It's the how you wish to live your life, which is your values and the what you need to do in order to achieve your ultimate goal or achieve living your desired life. And it's those vital behaviors. In order for you to move forward or get from one place to the next, you have to do, you have to take action. And a lot of us think thoughts and we tell ourselves like, okay, it will be there someday, or this will happen someday, or Nothing's going to change unless you do, unless you do, as in take action. So V is the pivotal moment in pivot where you're looking at how you wish to live your life and what you need to do in order to achieve it. And that's how and and what. And then O is where. Um, O is the journey. It's the opportunities and obstacles. So you're going to optimize every opportunity and you're going to overcome obstacles along the way. And that's where we really dive into what's the journey that's lying ahead? Where do you want to go? How are we going to get there using P, I, and V, right? So it's it's all a part of a journey. And then T is the timely transformation and transition. It's your when and your want. So you want, you obviously want to change or you wouldn't be with me in that journey. Um, And it's really looking at what do you ultimately want to do and the timeline by which you want to do it. And I have that at the end, really because I'm also of a framework, you begin with the end in mind. So we do talk a little bit about um, what you ultimately want to achieve and work your way back. But I always say, no matter what, it starts with your why, which is why P and purpose is first. So that's the overview of, of what the pivot framework and what that looks like and all of the things that we talk about. Um, but it really just breaks it down into a more simpler uh, problem solving change management mechanism or framework to help my clients be able to get from point A to point B. Right. And the, the exercise, when I listen to this exercise, it's really interesting because what you're doing is 
um, you know, we, we talked during the break really quick about, you know, the rule book that people are telling us, you know, what, how, how we should be measuring success. And so that's, mm-hmm. you know, the external influence and what you're yeah. doing is you're taking your, your, your focusing your clients or yourself or in, in the conversation, you're making me do it, but you're focusing on, you're focusing inward on the yes. individual and what drives, inspires, and guides you, all the things that are important to you, who you are, where you're going, what you want to accomplish, your value system. Um, so you're, you're making people go, go inward and mm-hmm. the goal setting or the process of the pivot has nothing to do with really the external world. Is that, is that too simple or is that pretty much it? No, that's, that's definitely um, a significant part of it because we as individuals are constantly being influenced by what society is telling us we should be doing at certain points in our life. And I also, you know, I talk a lot about, um, there's like three levels. Um, I call them my three eyes. It's influence, inspire, and impact. And we have a lot of influence in our life. We get in, we're influenced by social media all of the time. We're influenced by what the, what the news is telling us is good and bad. We're influenced by our peers or our parents or our family. We have so many levels of influence in our life. And when you take it from being influenced to being inspired, that inspiration is creating action. And that's coming inward. It's that burning in your belly to say, okay, I'm not going to follow exactly how I'm being influenced, whether it's a social media influencer that tells you to buy these certain things because it's a great product. And then you get it and you're like, WTF, this doesn't, this isn't anything that I thought it was going to be. But then you create that inspiration within yourself. And for me as a coach, my whole mission is to inspire, is to get individuals to realize that it's within them. You have all the power to do whatever you want to do. It's within you. Take, put away all the noise. What do you want to do? Don't listen to what society's telling you to do. Maybe you're a director uh, in a role and the next step is for you to be an executive and you have no desire to do that. Or you're an individual contributor and the only ways up the career ladder for you are to take a management position and you have no desire to do that. Or you're somebody like me who is out there in the world scaling the corporate ladder, getting up to as far as I possibly could go. And I'm like, heck with that, I'm going to go and I'm going to do something on my own. That's It doesn't matter what says. It's all about going inward and it's all about that if developing yourself and putting yourself out there to a point where you block completely block out the noise and you are literally living the life that you have always so desired to live. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> you know, I was, as you were talking, um, you know, mm-hmm. sorry if the, for the host, bring it back to me, but since I'm the host, I guess I can get away with that. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 66 next month and I'm faced with my mortality and my legacy. And so there's a lot of things that I look at my life and go, gosh, I didn't do much or I haven't accomplished much, you know, and so I'm, I'm critically challenging myself in the rear view mirror of, you know, have I lived the life that I could have lived? Have I made a difference in the, you know, cause there's things, you know, I, I'm a problem solver. 
Um, I like to help people find what they're looking for. And I'm kind of like, oh, gosh, you know, I'm running out of time, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'm, as I'm hearing you talk, it's like, yeah, let go of the judgment, the criticism, the shame, and step into the fulfillment of who you are. Yeah. As, as though it's so. Just allow yes. it to be so. Give yourself mm-hmm. permission there as opposed to, you know, you say yes so emphatically. So just jump, jump in and start talking because I know you have something to say. Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, one of the, I don't actually have it right here on my desk, but I usually do. It's the quote where it talks about how the rear view, there's a reason the rear view mirror is smaller than the windshield in front of you, because what you're leaving behind is far less than the, what you have in front of you. And, and every time and every time that I've had to pivot in my life, that, that quote always comes to mind. When I drove away from my corporate job, I literally looked in the rearview mirror and like waved goodbye to my office as I was cleaning it out. And in the same time, in that rearview mirror was my daughter. Because as a mom, that's what, it, you know, you have the mirror and you can yeah. see, I literally see her little face staring at me. And I'm driving down the turnpike here in Pennsylvania. Like, this is what, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And what was yesterday is no longer and what tomorrow is, is not promised. So I need to be present in this very moment, embrace this right now and take action toward what I want to do and where I want to go and literally pivot, pivot my mindset in this moment, revert back to why I'm doing this in the first place. Think about who I am as a person. How do I want to live my life? Like I I literally go through my own pivot model regularly um, because just like when you pivot, you start to realize like I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. The ball is in my hands. I have complete control on what next steps I'm taking. So keep control of it. Think about your own pivot model in everything that you're doing and keep moving forward. Keep failing forward. Keep well knowing that if you become and you're building to become the best version of yourself every single day, what was yesterday is is gone. Mm -hmm. And what tomorrow brings is all in your control because it's what you are doing right now. Right. Yeah. That's really, and, and I think that that's the power. I was the other thing I was listening to you talk about, because you said, um, you know, you get to do these things every day, but the idea being is you're moving towards, um, you're moving towards the end, but, and I'm, if I'm paraphrasing your words incorrectly, you can always recorrect them, but uh, you're moving, you're moving towards the end, what you defined at the end, but there's no guarantee that the path that you envision is going to be the path that you stay on as long, but you are able to flex and morph and all that stuff. If you're clear on all the stuff, the who, what, why, when, where, how, all that stuff, mm-hmm. if you're clear, right? Is that pretty true? Absolutely. And even if you if you think about the word pivot, that pivotal moment in with the V is kind of like when you're faced with obstacles every single day, you're faced with a crossroads and you have the opportunity to choose which way you want to go or where you want to go. And it's about reverting back to your why and understanding your purpose. Why did you start this in the first place? I mean, if you think back to when you were riding your bike, you said you were going to do it for a hundred days, probably on day seven, you might've been like, 
oh my God, why did I decide to do this for one hour a day? Then by day 30, you were like, okay, getting in your groove. Day 50, you're like halfway there. Day 75, you're like, whoa. And then by day 100, your life is like almost is completely changed. And um, I, you know, I keep, I always tell myself with every day as it, you know, you get to that crossroads, you really revert back to your why. You think about who you are as a person. You think about how you want to live your life. And then you jump to the action that you have to take in, in order to do it. And it's all about that, you know, taking that action because you are in control of what you have to, of you're in control of your own destiny. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. Everything is your choice. It is yeah. your choice. And I think one of the interesting thing is as we go to break, one of the interesting things that you said though, um, I don't think you used the word, but if you did, if you did, I apologize for saying you didn't. But um, because of the process of the pivot, all the things that you've done is um, you're trusting the journey yes. that you've created, and so that's that's the thing that you, re, you that you can always lean on is, is that I've made this decision to go in this direction because, and here's what it looks like, and I'm going to trust it even on those days where it's like, what was I thinking? Yes, you have to trust in yourself. Yeah. So we're going to come back to that. And when we come back, I'm going to um, bring the bike ride back into something that you just said. So we'll take a break and we'll be back uh, with Bree and continue to talk about this really cool word, the pivot. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We all struggle with relationship tensions in the home or at work or with a loved one. Often that tension causes us to avoid communicating with that individual because it usually ends up in a fight or an argument that only makes things worse. In the show, Stop Telling and Start Listening, host David Cook shares the lessons of his personal experiences to help you engage in healthy, insightful conversations for healing broken or damaged relationships. After a successful professional career as a sales pro, executive, and consultant, David Cook discovered in a significant, transformational way the impact a shift in listening had on the father-son relationship during his youngest child's struggles with a heroin addiction. After loving his son with various reactive behaviors of shame, guilt, criticism, judgment, David discovered that when he made a commitment to understand his son's struggles, to learn about the addiction journey from his son's perspective and meet him where he was in his addiction, David realized he was rebuilding their relationship in powerful, influential ways. David show. Stop Telling and Start Listening provides listeners guidance and insight to the powers of listening, selfless listening. Instead of avoiding the people we are struggling to understand or communicate with, David provides listeners with tools they can utilize to facilitate an authentic, safe sharing of personal and real perspectives and experiences. He teaches us how to navigate into areas of communication tension to help repair broken or damaged relationships, build trust with those we need to lead or support, and solve complex problems with impactful, lasting solutions. Join David on Mondays at 11 Pacific for a listening session that will help close the divide that exists or is developing between you and others in your community. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Stop Telling and Start Listening. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or you can email Dave at dave at thecookgroupllc.com. Now, back to the show with David. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is uh, the third and final segment with my good friend, Bree, and we're talking about Pivot. And basically actions that we can take, the opportunity we have to build the life that we desire and live in that space without other people telling us how to do it or making us believe that we have to achieve other things that don't resonate with us. One of the things that Bree said um, in the last session triggered something that I wanted to bring up about my bike ride because for me it was, you know, it's a cute little pun, but it was a pivotal moment in my life. And um you know, the funny thing about that bike ride is, is that even though I signed up for 100 days, the reason I challenged myself to 100 days was I knew I could do 30. I knew I could do 60, but I had no idea if I could do 100. And part of the reason that I wanted to challenge myself to do something like that is, is it, was an, it was to have a better sense of my son's experience, because I'm sitting here talking to a kid who's, who's um, his addiction is taking over his life, and I'm asking him to envision a world where sobriety is possible for the rest of his life. And, you know, so it's like, can you ride your bike for, you know, an hour a day for hundred days? I don't know, but isn't that a kind of like the same task, breaking a habit that's controlling you and creating a new habit that just becomes permanent to your life. And the funny thing about my hundred day challenge was I never worried about accomplishing it. It was like with the first bike ride, it was as though it was so, because I was so clear on what I was doing, back to your pivot, what I was doing, why I was doing it, why it was important to me, and and that I knew that it would change my life. I just didn't know to what extent it would change my life. So back to the trust thing. I trusted that I would find something better than where I am today. And um, so that's why this pivot, the way you've broken it down, the way you share it just resonates so clearly with a personal experience I've had. I love it. I can relate to it. But um, so anyway, I wanted to share that. Um, yeah. back, to, back to the pivot, though, you know, uh, so you're sitting down with crazy people like me, um, hard-headed, stubborn, driven people, frustrated, um, I, you know, influenced by the way that what their parents told them they needed to do or be or like society, who they, who, what they need to do and be, what how success is measured and stuff like that. How do you navigate that craziness with um, somebody who's clearly stuck and lost? You know, I think um, it's so like appropriate to bring up listening, right? I think a lot of us, when I was so stuck and I was burnt out, I felt like I was all alone, and. I just felt at that time that I just needed someone to listen to me. Like, just let me, let me get it out. And then I didn't need like consultative advice. I knew that I needed to change. I just wasn't sure how to do it. And a lot of us want a quick fix. And I so appreciate you telling your 100 day story 
Um, and I, I'll get back to this, but one of the things I'm creating for 2023 is a 100-day self-paced program um, because habits don't happen overnight. Routines doesn't don't happen overnight, um, and you need time to be able to do that. But I think one of the things that I helping my clients and helping people navigate is starts with listening. You stop telling them what to do. You listen to them. Let them vent, and then sometimes it takes a little bit of tough love. And it's like, do you if you want to change? You're here for a reason. You want to change. Clearly what you are doing isn't working. So let's talk about that. What are you doing? And I kind of go through the pivot model with them with what they're currently doing. What's your why? And sometimes their why is for salespeople, for for example. A lot of people are intrinsically motivated by money. Why am I here? To get a bonus. Okay, let's go through. Let's talk about that. Who are you? I'm a sales representative. Who's your support system? My manager, maybe not my manager, my wife, my husband, my spouse, my kids. You know, they kind of, they, and then you kind of go through it and you have them outline where they are currently using that pivot model. And then you really dive deep into that internal work and their entire pivot model from start to finish has pivoted. It's completely different than what it, what it, what it once was. Um, and I think once you start putting it down on paper and you start journaling and you start talking it out, you really start to realize like, okay, I am here for a reason. Like as a, as a client, I'm here for a reason. I want to change clearly what I'm doing right now isn't working or I wouldn't be here in this situation. So what do I need to do in order to to, to pivot and to change. Um, and it, it, it's like a, it's like an epiphany. And then they really say, start to work through that. Yeah. I was going to say, it's very interesting because if you start out with the story you're telling yourself yeah, and you go through that whole exercise, it's, oh, so here it is. This is your, uh, this is your life. And no, that doesn't resonate. There's a disconnect, right? There's it kind of like, this is the, this is the role I've been playing, but this isn't yeah. me. It doesn't resonate. And that's, Mm -hmm. so that exercise is very confronting. It's okay. So let's, what's, what's in here that you want to change? Is that what you're saying? Basically what you do is what's in here that's incorrect or that you need to want to modify. And once they start to modify, they create an entirely, um, they they could actually create the authentic pivot model as opposed to the inauthentic pivot model. Right. It's the, it's the, yeah. And it's not necessarily, it's inauthentic to them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's inauthentic or it's authentic to what they think it should, it's supposed to be. They're living in a life of what they think is supposed to be. Like I was living in a life as a human resources leader that I was going to show up every single day with a positive attitude. I was going to work my bahoons off to like, to get to everything, to be the, the yes person to everybody else. I was working on employee engagement how on earth could I work on employee engagement if I wasn't engaged? So I was, I was in it, you know, I was right there at the front, you know, always, always what I, I was living a life that I thought I was supposed to be living and it was authentic. I loved what I did, but it wasn't truly at the depths of my soul 
my purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't fulfilling my purpose or my passion. Um, my passion has always been people, but I was living um, and doing what I was supposed to be doing because I was kind of shackled to a, a typical what you would think or what you would want in a true HR leader. Mm-hmm. And I was getting recognized for it. I was getting mm-hmm. rewarded for it. So it was great. So seemingly everything was wonderful, but I just wasn't where I wanted. It wasn't, it didn't feel like the way that I, I wanted. It didn't feel the way I wanted to feel. Right. It's yeah. funny because, um, and I've had this conversation many, you know, several times over the course of like the last 20 years, and then the last time I got to this iteration of the answer, I embraced it because I realized I go to the same spot every time. And the question was, if you could do anything for the rest of your life and it didn't matter, you know, didn't matter, right? Money or whatever. And I said, I'd sit at a coffee shop and meet people. Yeah. And why is that? Because I love the connection of interacting with people. And my passion is helping people find what they're looking for. So every conversation I've ever had with somebody it's a gift. It's a mutual gift. I get something and I know I give something. So it's like, yeah, I just wish I could just sit with people and talk with them all day. And then there's always one person in the room. So that's really cool. So how would you monetize that? And of course, then <laughs> what, what they're doing is they're pouring water on a, on a burning bush that just wants to take off. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, oh, that's right. I have to monetize it. Well, never mind. Let me figure it. And then, or I try to figure out how to monetize it. And because I'm doing that, now I'm doing fitting somebody else's model of what it needs to be. And it's mm-hmm. not mine. Yep. You know, and I, like I said, I've done this lap like four times in my life. And two years ago in the post pandemic, I finally raised my hand and said, you know what? I am not going to get caught up in what I need to be. I'm going to be caught up in what I love to do. Yes. And that's an, and it sounds like, you know, blowing everything up. No, it's just focusing. Like you said, focusing on the pivot. Who am I? What fires me up? What do I bring to the table? How do I bring it to the table? Et cetera, et cetera. And give myself permission to, and if you wanted to do it every day, what do you need to do to, to get yourself so you can do it every day? Yes. And then just step into that space and not create these stupid outcomes that are trying to impress other people or that, you know, don't really mean anything in the scheme of things. So I, yeah. That's cool. And one of the things I think is also really important is that, you know, when we talk about influence and you talk about, you know, society and, and the influence of other people that we have, no matter what you try to achieve, you're always, there's always going to be somebody that is three steps ahead of you hmm. to what you think. Right. And I think one of the biggest things that we need to understand is those individuals, they also had a day one. They also started at some point from nothing. So whether that is a position that you're looking for or um, a certain number of followers or a certain number of revenue in booked business or whatever it is, they have absolutely had a day one and they've also in their head had a one day. Mm -hmm. They've also said in their head, one day I will do this. One day I will do this. And not until they started taking action toward that one day did they really get to from from point A to point B. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So. The, 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 yeah. One day syndrome. You got that. A lot of people, but I'm it's sad to say we're going to run out of time here. But before we run out of time, this this was so much, and I'd love to go more, but um Okay, so we got about we got about two and a half minutes, and I know you can uh, cover. But tell us tell us what we need to know. How do we find you? 
How do we get in touch with you? You got anything going on that you want to share with us? So Absolutely. Away. So thank you so much. I, um, I've really enjoyed this conversation and I really appreciate you having me here uh, today. So I am, I'm solely on LinkedIn. Um, you can find my LinkedIn profile. Um, it's under Brianne Johnson. Um, I have a little uh, heart emoji because this truly does speak uh, to me. Um, and I, you know, my, I am, I'm here to motivate. I'm motivating you to make change. That's my tagline. Um, I have also have a business page called build to become that's also on LinkedIn. Um, I get a lot of questions. Are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? What about other uh, social media platforms? I'm solely on LinkedIn. Um, cause I truly believe that, um, to make the biggest pivot and the ultimate pivot of my life was going from corporate, uh, to being a stay at home mom. So I am, I'm on a mission. I'm a mom on a mission to make change, um, and to motivate, uh, you to make change. And um, I also have a website. It's called w, it's www.buildtobecome.com. You can uh, book a clarity uh, consult call with me for that. Um, and that is for a six month, that clarity consult is for a six month one-on-one coaching um, of the pivot framework. So we go through each month of the, um, each month is, is essentially a phase of the, the pivot framework. And why it's six months instead of five is because I am a firm believer that that V in the middle of the pivot framework is incredibly important. So we focus one month on uh, values and another month on vital behaviors. And then um, I am also in a position, this is the first I'm, I, I talked about it a little bit ago. I'm going to be launching a um, another um, self-paced program called 100 Days of Build to Become. And what that is, is it's a essentially a building daily habits over a series of 100 days, I would meet with you. Um, once you purchased this self-paced program, I would meet with you. We would talk about what those habits, you know, we'd begin with the end in mind. What are you looking to, to do? What are you looking to achieve? And then we would focus on what those daily habits would need to be. Um, it also includes a word of the day and a motivational, um, I have motivational quotes and motivational, um, like a block of what the meaning of each of those words um, mean to me um, for those 100 days. Um, but that's coming soon. I have been diligently working on that. Um, and yeah, I just well, really want, again, we'll find that on your website. thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, we don't have time to tee up my next guest but uh, for next week, but um, you're going to want to be there. Um, but until next time, um, Bree, this was awesome. I wish we yes. didn't ha- wish, wish we had more time, but until next time, everybody else, open yours, open your heart, open your mind, stop telling and start listening because once you start listening, everything changes. This is Dave Cook. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Stop Telling and Start Listening. We hope you've picked up on some useful ideas to help you enhance your conversational skills. Until we listen again, have a beautiful week.